Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator, broadcasting to you from Titusville, Florida, our winter home. And Martha the co-pilot, also in our home away from home. (laughs) Oh, are you here too? (laughs) On a beautiful, sunny, warm day in the middle of January. Because we are in Florida. Wait, I'm supposed to say it's February. Oh, yeah. Because this is the RV Navigator for February 2024. (gasps) The new year, the second month of the year, and we are in the warm. A shocking secret is that we make the recording a few days before the month changes. This is not timely on the dot news. Well, but we know that nothing is going to happen between now and February 1st. In the RV world? A couple of days. What's a couple of days? Yeah, we need a little lead time. This is one of the first episodes in a long time. When we have nothing about travel. It's all about RVing. Well, well RVing is travel. Yes. But, we are only going to talk about RV travel because that's RVing all we, things. Because that's what we've been doing. That's right. At last. And unexpectedly, breaking news on the last episode was that we were actually going to the Tampa Super Show. We haven't been in two years, and um, one would think after all these years that we've been going to this show (laughs) that we have bought everything worth buying. Well, we have. Um, But it always seems to be a happy hunting ground for finding new solutions for new problems, and we went with a punch list of things that needed a little sprucing up. It's hard for me to admit how old I am, and it's also hard for me to admit (laughs) how old your husband is. That our motorhome is 12 years old. I still think of it as new, bright, and shiny. Uh, we worked very hard we work, keep it that way. to keep yeah, it in right. good shape. <laughs> but that takes replacement and fixing of things, um, no matter how kind we try to be to our RV. And the RV Super Show has always been a good spot for one-stop shopping. If you can't get something fixed or replaced there, you can find somebody who you can visit down the road uh, who takes care of your problems. So as usual, it was a very fruitful visit. We're glad (laughs) that we went. Even though we went with no real plan of doing any, buying anything, but it's happened. And we're glad that we caught up with a listener or two. That's always fun as well. Even though most of you weren't expecting us to be there, and we weren't expecting to be there ourselves. And you know, if you're going to go to a, a big RV show, there are three or four throughout the country that are worth going to. But it's my considered opinion, as the RV navigator, that the Tampa show is the best. It has the best of the actual rigs to look at, and it has a great vendor area for all the goodies and gadgets that you want to buy for your RV. Are there some like it out west? I'm thinking we've yes. been to the Quartzsite one. but We've been to Quartzsite with the big tent. This is better than the Quartzsite. There Quartz must site. be some in California. And they don't have, the Quartzsite doesn't have the number of rigs that there are here. Right. The Hershey which had a really bad vendor, vendor area. area when we went. has lots of rigs, but not so good for vendors. And we've been to a bunch of smaller ones, too. So if you are looking to buy an RV and you're not quite sure about which one or floor plans or manufacturers or whatever, 
They're all here. And there were, I, they said, 1,700 rigs on display. And they ranged That's from a, tiny, very affordable little teardrop trailers exactly. to gazillion dollar mobile homes. The, the Prevos and the, you know, the, the big guys that were all there, and they're, they're fun to look into, they're fun to walk through. Trailers. Super C's, A's, diesel pushers, every class of vehicle was there. The show runs for five days. We stayed for four and walked our legs off. Yes. (laughs) It's huge. And we didn't do very much in terms of looking at rigs because it just gets too much. It's overwhelming. And we're not really hoping to buy one. No. And our particular situation is that why we were on the fence about going was because our resort here in Titusville has special arrangements and special parking at the Tampa RV show. And this year, they cut the usual number of rigs that we have as 40 down to 19. So there was a long waiting list of people waiting to go from our community to the Tampa show. That's about a two and a half hour drive from here. And uh, so we were very unclear, but the waiting list cleared out and they actually the show gave us some extra spots for parking and so we were able to go and plug into the electricity and we had our usual good location for visiting the show and when we were still on the ropes didn't you try to just sign up to boondock there which people also do and it was already also well not not even boondocking but uh on the generator electric which Uh they have a fairly large field which is on grass, uh, but they mark it off with paint and so that everybody has a site. And I went on, because I was going to do that instead of uh, if we couldn't get into the parking lot with the rest of our <laughs> neighbors, that I would uh, do that. But I went on the web immediately when it was available, and I still couldn't get on, which, in all honesty, turned out to be a good thing. Because it has rained a lot around here, oh. which means that the ground is very soft. And, and this we was heard on that grass. 150 spaces Sites. were eliminated. That whole field where we have parked in the past was vacant for the whole show because the grass. Now, I heard that they had made arrangements with some churches in their parking lots and and other vacant spaces to put some of those people, mm. but uh, you would have been off-site. And the biggest thing we like about the place that we park is, is that you're 50 feet from the entrance and you just walk in to any time you want to. There are certain times of day, as you would expect, as people arrive in the morning and people leave at the end of the day, which is, I think, at 5, that the traffic is horrendous and you can stand in long lines which is frustrating so if you don't have to go in and out the gate at all because you're parked on the ground somewhere that's a good thing and you don't have to pay extra for parking or anything like that i gotta say we we did quite a lot of driving in tampa terrible traffic Tampa we're, has. We're from Chicago. We're used to good. We should never complain about traffic. Good, good amounts of traffic. But I'll tell you, oh. after you, uh, we're on the east coast of Florida, and the traffic is just much more, much less, and we can get around to places fairly quickly. In Tampa, we we would go out to dinner with the group, and it took us forty-five minutes to go six Five or eight miles. miles. Five miles. It was you know five o'clock, so it was rush hour ish, but still, come on. 
and the traffic lights there are horrendously long. I was kind of thinking to myself as we sat there, I could boil an egg in this time. No, I could boil an egg and make a sandwich during this time because they change so infrequently. So that means the lines really pile up and you can wait through four or five of those interminable lights before you get to cross. That was not fun. No. So the bottom line is that uh, although... Florida is considered to be kind of just one big place. There's a big difference between the West Coast, the Gulf side, and the East Coast, the Atlantic side. We are just a few miles from the ocean. Our beaches are open. You can go park and go to the beach anytime you want to, and you'll not find crowds. You'll find uh, miles and miles of walkable beach, whereas on the other side, that's not very common. So is this an ad for the... Tampa Super Show. No, no. We, we always just say what we think. You okay. know that we are speaking from the heart. And what we have neglected to mention about these shows, it's not unique to Tampa. They often will have an area where people give talks. Ah. Um, people who are sponsoring RV caravans, fantasy and adventure for sure, um, have uh, presentations where they talk to you about their upcoming trips and how they do stuff. And then there are all sorts of... I remember we went to one once where um, a man who was an expert in putting out fires demonstrated (laughs) fire suppressors. And what did we buy? (laughs) Which was terrible. I remember I never had really held in my hand one of those canisters where you shoot it at the... It's and, and testing your escape hatch yeah. on your RV yeah. is important, opening that window and making sure that you can get out. So you can learn a lot of things, too. And this year, um, I was somehow persuaded to go <laughs> on the first day to a presentation about electricity. You know that's not my favorite subject, and I thought, well, it's only... You know, there are two kinds of electricity in your RV. They're only... <laughs> the presentation was only for 45 minutes. How bad could it be? But after this... Very nice, very well-spoken, very well-trained and all things electric. Had been talking for about 20 minutes. I was afraid to go back to my (laughs) RV and go in the door because he talked about so many dangers and mistakes you can make and things you can go wrong. It was terrifying. So what did we do? We went back and saw him (laughs) two more days. And um, I learned a lot, probably 80% of it I've already forgotten, but uh, he, it was an amazing session, and I was so glad that we attended. So Mike Sokol has fabulous information about RV electricity. He runs a site, and if you go to the RV Navigator page for February 2024, episode 256, 256, no, 226, you will find uh, a link to his website. He does presentations. He has a great website. He answers all sorts of questions on Facebook about RV electricity, both 12 and 120. You notice Martha did not tell you what there were the two kinds of electricity well, I wasn't are. even listening to you. I was busy talking. Sometimes you interrupt me when I'm in the middle of a thought. You I shouldn't know. do that. <laughs> All right. So I guess I've been chastised here. So so the bottom line is that he has the answers to your RV questions. And he had several presentations, one about hot skin, which if you ever feel a tingle as you touch your RV, walk away from it, unplug it, and there's something seriously and wrong. And leave the park. <laughs> right. So he talked for an hour about that. And the other thing he talked about was pedestals. 
and problems that go with pedestals. And I and I could never do the presentation or talk about the whole thing. But the bottom line is, is that we all have, I hope we do, some sort of device, which is simplest form is a surge protector. Many people like us also have a power monitoring system that will cut off the electricity when it's too low or when it's too high. So it's it's constantly monitoring and it checks for open grounds and all sorts of other things. But one of the things that he really talked about that I thought would be valuable for (laughs) the entire audience here is that surge protection is provided by by little devices that get used up. The more they get zapped, the more do they deteriorate. And by zapping, we don't mean that you see sparks flowing. You You don't know it. Right. It's spikes in the electric current, and they can be caused by all, all sorts of things, motors, imperfections in the, in the electrical system. Anyway, these uh, are cumulative, and these devices that are contained inside the surge protector. Now, this is only the surge protecting portion of your device. These surge protectors get used up. And as I found when I bought a surge guard, uh, they actually have a little light that lights up when the devices have are used worn up, out. worn out. Now, what's interesting for us is that our electricity monitoring system is hardwired, built, built in. into the coach. So I have no little lights, lights to, tell you. To, to tell me. But since our rig is as old as I just said it is, yeah, probably, it's probably these, the surge protection too. is no longer there. It still monitors the power, as we don't regularly, but because we have a meter which tells us about that. But we don't know if the surge protection, apparently there's no real way to, to test it. So his recommendation was is that you buy a portable one that plugs in at the pedestal and a new one, and then it has these little lights on it which tell you whether the, the surge protection is still there. So you might want to consider that. The, this is the inexpensive part of the circuit. Full electric monitoring system will cost you three fifty, four hundred dollars, whereas this thing costs you seventy. Oh, well, I thought it in was a fifty only amp 40. version. Seventy. Mm-hmm. Well, in the in the fifty amp version mm-hmm. that I bought. Mm-hmm. So we will continue to look at the lights. He also spoke at length about pedestals, <laughs> and I have some vivid memories. Uh, one was a caravan we took to Mexico, actually uh-huh. two caravans, and I quickly learned that the electricity down there was very unreliable, undependable, and we had all sorts of monitoring and measuring systems in place and sometimes had confabs with one another about what kind of power we were getting and whether it was enough and how to manage it. But when we've traveled in the United States, I have kind of felt secure, which is obviously a big mistake. I remember one time we camped at a state park on the shore in New England. Uh-huh. We plugged in New in Hampshire. our... In our Management systems said, no way, Jose, and shut us down. And my immediate reaction was, why do we have this GD energy (laughs) management system I want to plug in and make dinner? And now I understand, after listening to Mr. Sokol, uh, how it probably saved our bacon and a lot of the other things in our motorhome because it was improperly wired. And in the campground world, you really have no idea who did the wiring of the pedestal. You have no idea if they were people who knew about RV electricity as opposed to home electricity. Which is very different. And this is... um, 
a disconcerting yes, concept to consider. So. so having a, some sort of monitoring system that checks the power before you before it sends it to your RV is probably a pretty good idea. So even if you hate thinking about electricity, you need to. And, of course, they come in 20-amp, 30-amp, and 50-amp versions of these devices. So whatever RV you have, and this is true across the board, whatever RV you have, there is uh, you should have some protection for it. Because the alternative is that it will blow up all the electronics in your rig. That's just pure and simple. Or you'll get a, a significant shock and you'll be dead. I was also kind of just to be frank and honest. I was also kind of impressed by Mr. Sokol because he seemed to have a lot of information on some in book form, some in blog form. He's got a Substack now. He's got a website, and it wasn't my impression that he was charging a whole lot for Nothing. any of this, which was kind of awesome and amazing. He had knowledge that he wanted to share yep. to make your life better, and I was impressed. And he has the credentials to make it uh, authentic. That, that's what's nice. He's written ten thousand articles about uh, electricity and RVs, and so, and he doesn't sell anything. This is kind of an endorsement of, of Mr. him. Mr. Sokol. After three presentations that he three went to. Three terrifying presentations. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was interested in the information. I wasn't uninterested. I was just terrified. So what else did we buy? We bought new tire sensors. We have a we TPMS. We buy new tire sensors every time we go to the Tampa Super Show, and I'm afraid I was a little bit terse with some of those vendors who were saying, well, your stuff is three years old. Of course it needs to be replaced. <laughs> my, my gauge for how long things should last is, is our second cat, which lasted 18 years before we had to put him down. And that's how long things should last. And the tire pressure so the monitors... the has another five years to go. <laughs> tire pressure monitors do not make the grade. Well, I was kind of surprised. Uh, we have a TST tire pressure monitoring system. And... I gotta say, it sporadically works, and I'm always losing a sensor. Not electronically losing you lose a sensor. Contact. So, they had a new display that was just out on the market, and so I said, "Okay, a new display means that it'll be much more robust. It will pick up all the monitor sensors." So I bought the new display. It's big, and one of the really nice things about it is is that it's a touchscreen, and it's a uh, OLED display, so it's nice and bright. I found out that some of my sensors were <laughs> too old to work to use with. it. And I just as Martha just said, I said, well, I have some sensors that are six years old. And the guy reels <gasps> back. <laughs> like, never in the world. I didn't realize that all the sensors have a date code on them, just like tires do. And that most of my sensors <laughs> were a little bit out of date, even there's though I bought of some a, of them last year. Or of, two years ago when we were at the RV Super There's Super kind Show. of a theme here of things being old. Are you picking up on that? <laughs> go on. And of course, your navigators are not old at all. Go on, go on. So now on the way home from Tampa, all... 12 of my sensors, 12? Yeah, 12 yeah, of my sensors yeah. were operational. And stayed with on the, the whole two-hour two drive? Yep, just about. Wow. So I'm in good shape. Wow. So hopefully we will never have to have another tire pressure sensor. Yeah. And you're supposed to replace the batteries once a year. I went around and replaced all the batteries just before we left. And then we're on the road, and half of them are not. Two of them you didn't see ever, I think. So I was pleased that when we came back, I bought four new sensors to replace the oldest ones. And so now we have... We have 12 sensors that are operational. 
For how long? Yeah, till our next trip. <laughs> Another thing that oh. we always buy at the Tampa Super Show is replacement light bulbs for our overhead lights. Oh. These are LEDs, which I thought were supposed to last as long as my cat <laughs> lasted, but apparently that's well, not the case. And these are actually replacements for halogen lights that were in there originally. Because our rig is old. But in years we past, we would find two, maybe three vendors selling these bulbs, and all of a sudden there weren't any. No uh, vendors selling no, bulbs. No. So this shocked me because we were down to our last spare, and you know that it's going to burn out, burn out someday soon. No. LEDs never burn out. They don't last as long as our cat, that's for sure. <laughs> we have replaced all the bulbs in here a couple times. Multiple times. times. Yeah. So I had to buy them on Amazon. But be very careful that you buy the right base, because although the bulbs looked the same, they don't fit into our socket. The first set didn't fit into our socket. We're well, waiting for the second, second set, set to arrive. To arrive. <laughs> and as usual, we also had our Blue Ox tow bar oh, refurbed. Right. They always do that there. Um, when they are in an energetic mood, they come to you and do it at your rig. <laughs> but this time, Ken had to pull it out and take it over there. And it all went smoothly. And now that we have a new car, which we're going to talk about some more, uh, we are glad that it will not fall off the tow bar. It's in good shape. Yeah, you've got to have these things done. And if you haven't had your tow bar refurbished by Blue Ox, uh, it's time to take it and have it done. It cost 75 bucks, and ours was four years old. So, And, of course, the last time I, I went in to do it, they said, oh, your tow bar is way too old and we can't refurbish it anymore. Here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> So I spent several hundred dollars to buy a new one on at the last RV show. Oh, maybe that was only two years ago. Well, mine is from 2018, I thought they said. I don't know. Doing your tow bar is a, a, a critical factor when you're towing. You don't want to lose that car off the back. Did we look at rigs? We looked at new Mars because we own one, and we looked at Airstream trailers because our friend is about to buy one. And that's about it. Well, we went to the la-di-da ones. Oh, yeah. We they went, make you take off your shoes and walk in your socks because you don't want to mar their pristine beauty. Yeah. I, I, their floor plans aren't that attractive to me. No, uh, no. Their quality, I guess, is. But So we also looked at some of the new things that the, the RVs have, and one of the things was uh, places to put your bikes. It seems like every manufacturer was finding a, a spot to put your bike, uh, whether it be electric or regular. And we found one. One that actually had a slide that had a let's see it was it was it was, a, it, was a, it was a rear slide but it had the part that's on the end that it opened up so it kind of became a bike garage it had a some sort of mechanism for rolling your bikes up into the back of the slide and then you could close the slide in the back and it would uh, encompass the bikes so that they keep would keep it stay safe on. and out of the elements yeah and so that was a nice idea it. and several that we saw had rolling compartments for bikes underneath or someplace so th- i think that was one of the trends that we saw the other trend that that was shocking to me was that there were no advertised vehicles under a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, ka-ching, ka-ching. You know, you walk up and down the aisles of the of the show, and you see on the low price models they have big signs that say uh, the price. And in past years, you'd see ones for eighty five, ninety thousand. And this year, there was not one, even even the bees. And you know, bees are small. Nothing under a hundred thousand. So if you're looking to buy a new RV, 
Don't buy a used one. <laughs> Bring your wallet. That's for sure. <laughs> See what's new and try to find one that's lightly used. And we also looked at uh, caravans, and it looks like we're going to be going to Alaska again, something I've wanted to do. We shopped around and looked at uh, Al- Alaska caravans. The, ma- the main reason I have agreed to go is that two couples who are listeners who have become good friends are going as well. That could make a difference to me. Make a big difference. Another vendor we found there that was only handing out business cards because she wasn't making oh, her money right. oh, from that. us. She was making her money from people who do all sorts of RV repairs. Inevitably, when something breaks down, you think, how on earth am I going to get this fixed? You might be in a campground and ask around. And There are t- technicians that travel from place to place, but getting somebody who knows what to do and how to do it is always a challenge. And she was collecting like a yellow pages of all sorts of people that fix stuff in the RV world. She was also encouraging us to add to her collection of sources, like crowdsourcing it, Yes. to give you an idea of people you could call and people who do the various kinds of work associated with the RV world. I thought that was a great idea. The Yellow Pages for RV Fixing is, is really a nice idea. The My RV Source is an online directory that connects RV enthusiasts with RV service providers and product suppliers Also utilized by RV manufacturers, RV service provider networks, and campgrounds to locate reputable services and products in the RV industry. This is a free service to us us as users. The people who are listed do pay a small fee, but they are listed in this uh, yellow pages, and it's good throughout the whole country. So you might want to put this, <laughs> hopefully you don't need it right now, but hopefully you can put this into your bookmarks or your links. It's called myrvresource.com. Uh, of course, there will be a link on the episode 226 webpage. This will provide you with that link when you are in trouble and need to find something. And the final problem that brought me to the Tampa Super Show was the ongoing delaminating of our RV furniture. You have heard us rant and rave about this a few years ago when we had to replace our driving chairs. We don't rant and rave, do we? uh, For this I do. (laughs) And our easy chairs. At that point, we made an appointment with Numar, our manufacturer. They promised us they were giving us half price slip covers for these pieces of furniture. Yes. We had to travel up there and make an appointment and get them installed. They looked fine. But we also have a fold out couch in our rig, which we never sit never on, never use, which was looking great, so we just let it be. And when we came back, Back to the rig this year, we saw that it was suffering a bad yeah. sunburn, and, and it was just peeling, peeling, peeling. Oh, we were so mad. And I look at it right now, right here, and, and it's we're peeling. Mad. And so I thought, There's well, no if, I hope we can get into the Super Show. This was before I knew we had a spot and find somebody who can help us with this. And I saw something on Facebook post that some other satisfied customer had written about an experience they had with ex-Flex Steel employees who Flex had, Steel being the manufacturer of the furniture. Worked for Flex Steel until they closed their RV furniture division, 
and purchased all of the blueprints for all the various kinds of uh, furniture that had been made at that and time. And the extra parts. And, and mechanical parts. And we're opening a business to help people like us repair, replace their furniture, and make everything look as good as new. Just out of a clear blue sky, I thought, well, maybe they are coming to the RV Super Show. <laughs> and not only were they coming, they agreed to come and talk to us. Um, yes on your behalf. So we are going to attach to this show a short interview we did with them, and we are so excited to have found them and looking forward to our visit to their facility in Dubuque, Iowa, later on in the spring to get our blankety-blank couch recovered. So whatever manufacturer's furniture you have, well, no matter what RV manufacturer, you probably have flex steel furniture inside your, your rig. And... If yours is like ours, it's peeling. And there is nothing you did. There's nothing you can do about it. It just happens because the fabric was cheap, as we found out. So we're going to take a listen to this interview now, and we will see you on the other side in a few minutes. Well, listeners, we are here at the Tampa RV Super Show. And we are parked in uh, in the parking lot, and we have had a problem that we want you to know about. You know, furniture delaminates. Sure, we've come about this before. We have. Because we've dealt with this before. It's and like a bad As a matter of fact, we've had furniture that we have had replaced because it has started to Delaminate. shed. For big buckaroos. Big buckaroos, it. right. And here at the show, we found somebody who can help us out. The answer to our prayers. The answer to our <laughs> prayers. We found a company called Bauer RV Upholstery. Very good. And believe it or not, we have the owner and the customer service representative here, and they agreed to talk to us about delaminating furniture. And what you can do to make it not happen to you and replace it. But one of the cool things about this whole story is how she started it off. So... Give us a, a brief a history of your company. So I am Lisa Bauer. I am the owner of Bauer RV Upholstery, and we are in Dubuque, Iowa. Oh, uh, yes. That's right along the mighty Mississippi. I worked at Flex Steel Industries oh. in Dubuque for 21 years. They decided during COVID to exit the RV business. Uh-huh. And I started my own business at that point, um, July of 2020. So I have flex steel replacement parts and got all the patterns for all the flex steel seating, sofas, um, driver, passenger chairs, and can make replacement covers for the purpose of recovery, not just a slip cover. Uh So to totally recover your furniture. Uh, we use ultra leather, which is the highest quality product out there, and it will not peel or flake. It has a five-year warranty from Ultra Fabrics, and then we ourselves offer a one-year warranty on the sewing, but we can recover your furniture at our facility, or we can ship out the covers all over the United States, and then you find somebody locally Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. So for the past five years, we've been really blaming Flexsteel. Yes. We've been really hard on Flexsteel because they make our furniture, and they should stand behind it. Correct. But? But the OEM, the manufacturer of the furniture, 
because they chose that fabric uh-huh. for Flex Seal to use. We just used what yeah. they told us to yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was just an inexpensive vinyl product. So um, even though we have an expensive, what I consider mm-hmm. to be a fairly expensive coach, I mean, it's not bottom of cheap, the line. No, right? and by no So means. they put on cheap fabric. It, it was, it's all a price point, and it's all about keeping the price down, but yet looking good and feeling good. You know, they, they brought it yeah. in, they said it was soft, uh-huh. you know, just very much like ultra uh-huh. weather. But then <laughs> a couple years into it, it just started bubbling started, and yeah. peeled and flaked all over people's coaches. So this is a problem that anybody who has a flex steel piece of furniture in their RV could have could at have. some point, mm-hmm. or maybe already did have, have. At, that, yeah. at this point. And there's really no escaping it, it would No, appear. there's nothing you can do to repair it. You can't paint it or, I mean, trust me, we get all kinds of questions mm-hmm. from people that want to know, how can I fix this without doing the recovers? You can get leather repair kits and stuff, No, that just does no, not No, it do will it. never, yeah. never fix it, never yeah. hold it. Um, and then that actually will make it worse. Now, we also recommend no cleaners or treatments mm-hmm. on anything because that often dries it out. So, you know, warm soapy water, diluted 409, or now Clorox wipes on Clorox. on the, the ultra leather, uh-huh. on the new stuff, on the, on the ultra stuff. leather, the not stuff. on this stuff uh-huh. that you'd fall apart right uh-huh. in your hand. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, you know, they've now just come along and said we could use Clorox wipes on them. But the ultra fabrics, I mean, it just is the best. We've promoted it for 20 plus years and have had great luck with it. It comes in so many different colors. You can change the color or we can do it you know, come up with yeah. a color close to what you have. And you, so you can pretty much match anybody's yep, we can decor. Pretty much wow. match. So back in the day when you were still a Flex Steel employee, you were using this low-quality material, and you knew that it was low-quality, but it was not your choice. Correct. It was the manufacturer of the coach Correct. or RV who told you what to buy. And and broadly speaking, the price differential between the cheap stuff and what the quality stuff you're using now is three or four times the cost in that vicinity. Do I have Probably that right? about that. Yeah. And, and so that's why the manufacturers cheaped out. That's how I see it. I mean, it's just, like I say, it's, it's all a price point. It's all about keeping the cost down. Uh-huh. As we mentioned, we've had our captain's chairs, the driving chair and the passenger chair, as well as two other recliners, recliners replaced earlier. We had that done at Newmar. And we said, eh, the sofa, we just never used the sofa. And it looked fine. And it looked at fine that at, that the time, at that time. But now... We find out that it is just self-destructive. It has a bad sunburn, <laughs> <laughs> and it looks and it looks pretty bad, Horrible. frankly. And we find out that the replacement furniture that put that was put in is made from the same fabric. Devastating, and it's starting to peel. So, well, it's really good to find somebody who can help people out of this situation. And this is not just a Newmar problem. Correct. So all the manufacturers. Everybody who uses Flex Steel. Everybody. Did, did, did that anybody put good quality stuff? You wouldn't know probably because you wouldn't hear from them. And they they didn't. I mean, we knew no one used ultra fabrics or ultra leather out of the gate. So this was an industry standard. Mm-hmm. Correct. So we're talking about Fleetwood, Thor. Yep. Oh, and Jayco. honestly, this Ooh. was. Jayco, Winnebago. Jayco, Winnebago. <clears throat> and it's primarily motorhomes? 
I think there are, uh-huh. um, cause they use the same products in the towables and, uh-huh. you know, but they, we just don't see that because flex still did, but I've heard people call and uh-huh. say, you know, uh-huh. I have the same stuff in my, my fifth wheel. Uh-huh. And I think what happened was in my opinion in 20, 2009, 2010, when the bottom uh-huh. dropped out, the RV industry then really it was like, that. yes. Yeah. And it was like, as they started coming back on board, keeping the cost uh-huh. down was, was the way to, to well, do the it. Manufacturers have to compete with one another. Yeah. So and once nobody's using it, the, yeah. the it's insidious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But in, the, I guess in everybody's defense, nobody knew when this all started, that it was going to peel. At the very beginning, yeah. no one knew that but it was going to peel. But how long have they been, as but far as I can still, tell, they're still using yeah. it. I mean, they still use it to put our, to replace our ours. Slip covers, yeah. They're calling it an upgraded fabric. Mm. Uh-huh. The fabric well, manufacturers put some thought into it and did, you know, rethink the, the construction of it. So oh, they it's did. supposed to be, some of it is supposed to be plus now, yeah. so it's... We'll see. So it's in between pricing. It, it may world. live as but long. It, it may live as long as we do. Let's hope for that. <laughs> it's still. It's still. Does so it. you have a installation facility. Correct. Tell us about that. So in Dubuque, Iowa, we have in the middle of the country. In the, <laughs> yes, we are kind of in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, but we, why are you in Florida now? <laughs> Oh, it's because it's warm. It's warm. It's mighty cold in Iowa, so this is a great experience for us, but we will be going back in a couple of days. But we are set up at our facility to handle four coaches Uh on plugged into 50 amp Uh plugs. So we don't have water, but we have yeah, yeah. we have the plugs. That's that's and that's and so the way we operate is We talk to our customers, get everything set up ahead of time. In other words, picking your fabric, getting all the numbers off of your seating, which is on tags on each piece of furniture. And then we place our orders or we enter orders Mm -hmm. at our facility. They're cut and sewn. So we have a big Gerber table that cuts the covers out. My sewers sew them. The covers are all ready when you get to us. So... The day before your appointment, you come in, plug in, stay overnight. The following morning, we come out, take the furniture out. So you have to take it out of the coach. We take the furniture all out of the coach. That seems like a lot of work. No. Does it always go through the front door? Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. you know, you, so you the couch comes apart in pieces. Sounds- the bucket seats come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sideways. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have... My guys you, know, you know all about it. Yep. You know. And so then the pieces are recovered by our guys in the yeah. in, in the shop. Then they're installed back in the coach, and normally one to two days at the most. Uh-huh. And then you're you're done. It's it just depends how many pieces you have to sure. recover. Sure. How much work there if is. If it's to two do. bucket seats, we'll probably be done with you in about five hours. Uh-huh. And how much lead time do you need? Probably at least a month. Later on, as we get into springtime, probably closer to two to get everything made. But to get you on the schedule, yeah, you know, we yeah. need to know it immediately because even though we have the four spots, uh-huh. we don't like to overbook too much at once because we do have a small crew. Yeah. You know, we only have... And you want to keep them busy. You don't want to have it all correct. at once. Right? Correct. Yeah. But we have had... I mean, one time we had five coaches. <laughs> we had six, <laughs> like a, six, six in six. there. One yeah. Day. yeah. And we had to accommodate, you know. So business is good. Business is good. <laughs> I can understand why. Yeah. And... But then again, it's people 
coming home from Florida. Mm-hmm. And then October is a big month uh-huh. when people are returning to Florida. So do you go to shows? How do we people have, find out about you? I mean, th- we found out kind of by accident off of you know, Facebook. It's, it's honestly the Facebook IRV2. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's honestly just people, you know, our journey in miles mm-hmm. with Mark and Sue Chandler. We really don't do much a- any advertising. Uh-huh. It's all just well, word can, of mouth. Yeah. It's but you go a to huge sh- problem. Do you go to shows? I have been to a couple of rallies, uh-huh. Newmar rallies. Where you actually work? We took, yes, we took so our trailer. To come to you then. Correct. We took our trailer to a couple of rallies with covers already made up ahead of time. Oh, okay. Got to the rallies, yeah. made appointments for everybody, and took their pieces out of the coach, brought yeah. it back to our trailer, recovered the furniture, and then reinstalled them. Uh-huh. But basically, they have. We would have to come to you. You know. Well, that's okay. I either mean, that, that or that's like not I say, uncommon. I mean, we're having our window done. We have to go to them. I mean, that's, yeah. we go to it's have something fixed to at Newmar. It's easier to do where your stuff is. It's well, and obviously we're the professionals. Right. Yeah. So the install, the seats are going to look like they did when they were new. When they were new, mm-hmm. and exactly, you know, and the thing of it is, is you just don't know what you're going to get at just a local upholstery shop and not trying to bash anybody's local upholstery shop yeah, yeah. because upholstery sewing all of those types of things are a lost art that just doesn't yeah. happen much anymore mm-hmm. so we have the best crew ever uh-huh. i mean just great and you, people and you said you probably you might have sewn the, the covers that were on our original We coach. did. We probably sewed. I mean, Flex Steel definitely yeah. did, and you personally may have actually We probably, those. Bauer RV probably sewed the co- the replacement covers that are mm-hmm. on these chairs. Wow. So. So it's kind of a small world. When the customer comes to our shop, we can also look at the foam, the existing seat foam. Oh, is that foam. a problem? It has yes. been on some, foam, and especially if you tired. go to the, um, you upgrade to the Ultra mm-hmm. Fabric products. That's a little stretchier than your vinyl, oh. and so you can typically see a little bit of wear in the foam. So that's a good time yeah, when the covers yeah. are off. To talk about you, that too. Yeah. yeah so, so maybe I should ask what other services you offer. The, the hardware. We have parts, um, replacement, and, replacement switches, cables, bearing rings, electric motors, and I mean, we have yep footrest motors, footrest parts. And you got the all these from Flex Steel. Correct. Wow. And a lot of your crew worked with you at Flexfield All of the crew, except actually two people didn't, but all of the rest of my crew was Flexfield employees. So what happened to Flexfield? They... Pooped out. Yeah, they just decided... (laughs) To use a technical term. (laughs) I believe it was this new management came in and decided they didn't like it. They didn't want to stay in the... They're in business still. Correct. But they're not in the RV business anymore. So So when the RV... Yep, yeah, I started with no right money away. in it, I guess. But yeah. boy, yeah. Um, I can't tell you how glad we are to find you and your company. And uh, your story is fabulous. I mean, what a what an entrepreneurial story yeah. this is. That uh, and I'm thinking about all the other people who you gave gainful employment to, who would have been and they out on their ear. And honestly, I started in 2020 with two people, three people, one sewer, one cutter and me yeah and we were cutting everything by hand i was Uh printing everything printing the patterns out on a plotter and cutting them out and then oh my and then hand cutting the covers then they would go to the sewer 
who the gals that sew for us have their sewing machines in their house Uh so they can work at their pace. Uh But then we've, you know, every little bit I was able to add a person and a person and a person. And then a little over a year ago, I was able to add Colleen, which was huge (laughs) because we were coworkers. I mean, we work well together. And that was one thing about hiring the FlexSteel employees they you could start that. with no training, yeah. and uh-huh. it was just... Uh-huh. Yeah, that's critical. Yeah, so it, it's just been super fun. Yeah. I mean, we just have a good time, and, you know, I give them a hard time that I'm the best <laughs> boss ever, but... <laughs> She's not lying. <laughs> I think they know that, so... Okay, so the bottom, bottom line is that if you have in your coach, either fifth wheel or motor coach, if you have peeling fabric on furniture... There is somebody who can help you out, and that somebody is Bauer RV Upholstery and, in Dubuque, Iowa. And you have a website, Lisa yes. and Colleen. Yes. Um, yeah, I found them on the web. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's Bauer RV Upholstery. As all RV Navigator listeners know, we put all these links on our website for you to reference. So if you want a reference to this, just take a look at this month's podcast episode webpage and it will be there and later on in the spring we will do a follow-up story and talk about how happy we are to have solved this problem and how beautiful our coach yeah we should mention that we are in the the ordering stage right now but (laughs) but we are planning to go to dubuque iowa for a vacation and spend a week yes Yes. <laughs> In order to uh, to make this happen, so we're we're, we're very glad to, to find you guys. Yes, so, yes. And, and we thank very you very much for, for taking the time to talk to us today. Yes, it'll be nice for our listeners to have other voices than our own, and we wish you all the best and continued growth and expansion. It's a great thank story. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we want to thank Colleen and Lisa for spending a few minutes with us, and we hope that this is helpful for you in your RV, um, and you're, maybe you'll be planning a trip to Dubuque, Iowa in the not-too-distant future, and you can see your friends, the RV Navigators, there, because we will be there also in the spring of 2024. Dubuque is in the middle of the country. Oh, it's easy for yes. everybody to get to it. Okay, so other interesting topics that we, talked, that we need to talk about. We bought a new car. We did. A new Jeep Grand Cherokee. And, of course, in order to tow it, we have to set it up. As I understand it, our Jeep was in need of replacement for quite a while now. Obviously, COVID interrupted all sorts of car purchases. And it seemed like a cherry of a vehicle because it had, what, how many thousand miles on it? 39. Which is nothing for a 2016 car. Yes, but it had been towed 40,000 miles. It's somewhat deceptive because the towing miles don't show up. So... During COVID, there were no cars to be had. Then everybody went on strike, and we worried about how on earth we were going to find a new car. And then we thought maybe we're better off buying it in Florida because where we live, uh, RV service facilities are not close by. And part of buying a new car when you're a motorhome owner is you have to get it ready to be towed, which adds considerably to the purchase price of the car when you're saving your shekels for a replacement vehicle. Yeah, but uh, we got a pretty good deal on it. Just for your information, 
if you're planning on towing a car four down, meaning all four wheels on the ground, you need a special vehicle. You can't just tow any old car. The nice thing about the Jeeps overall is is that uh, it's a one-push button, and you disconnect the wheels from the transmission, and uh, off you go in terms of towing. It's a little bit more complex than that, but basically that's it. To tow, you need a base plate, which the tow bar, which is the device that goes between the RV and the towed is connected to the chassis of the vehicle so that you'll have someplace solid to connect up so that you when you tow it... You can't just put your chains on the plastic bumper. No, and interestingly enough, a lot of people say if you have tow hooks, why can't you just use those? Well, because they're not designed to be towed forward. Anyway, they they just don't work, so you have to have a base plate. That's seven or $800. And then you have to have a lighting system so that your lights in the back, the brake lights and the turn signals and stuff work. And you need a braking system. And so all three of those things have to be installed before your vehicle is really ready to be towed. Right now, we're spending about $4,000 to make that happen. We haven't had it done yet, and so there'll be a full report next month. But at the beginning of February, we're having the the work done. We have an appointment now. They've ordered the base plate. And $4,000 for the complete package is, uh, is a reasonable amount these days. I think we paid more than that last time with our 2016. And we had to go to several places to have the, the different things done. Here we're having it done all in one, one location, so... As we've told you before, whenever we have had problems, we have been so glad when those problems happened here at the Great Outdoors, where we are literally located two blocks from a repair facility. And they are going to do the install for us. And we met two other residents of this park who have preceded yes. us with this operation. And, on, a, on a Jeep Grand Cherokee. And um, if, the, if there were things they didn't know how to do at that point, since all of this is quite new, they probably know how to do them now, and we will profit from their experience. One thing that's quite disconcerting to me that I hope I remember to talk about after we have more experience under <laughs> our belt is that the new Grand Cherokee comes with many safety features, which safety is always a good idea, and there are all sorts of alarms and sensors and And this settings. would be like backup alarms so that you don't hit somebody if you back up and forward if you don't. Settings to keep you between the lanes and so that you can't wander. And because the sensors can tell that your car is a few inches away from the bumper, it tends to activate them all. And we still have to learn what all of these safety devices that we are buying the car for we have to deactivate whenever we're going to tow. Of course, everything that we deactivate, we can reactivate once we are somewhere and we're just plain old driving the car. But this will be, I think, a learning curve, especially for me. For all of us, that's for sure. The new cars have uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of interesting new gizmos and gadgets that uh, impact on the towing experience. So we will be sharing with you, I'm sure, in great detail exactly what you need. But if you're interested in another story about uh, hooking up your car for four-down towing, I have an article which you'll see the link to on the RV Navigator episode page for 226, episode 226. And that deals with somebody who was doing this with a Chevy Blazer. Uh, my impression is, is that the Chevy Blazer has to have the negative 
battery terminal disconnected. Right. So that's a problem. So it has more things to do. If we didn't have all these God blessed police safety features, um, the Jeep is so easy. I press a button and it disconnects the engine, and we can go. And that that's still the case, but now we have to also disable some all of the, the safety, safety features. features. Yeah. So that'll be very interesting to find out how that works. Well, we're going to end up with one little piece of new technology, and uh, we like to recommend apps. And if you're an iPhone user, you know that you have thousands of pictures on your phone, right? And then you can't find them. And then you can't find them, right. And there is a new app, which I found to be quite useful, called Find My Snap for cataloging the photos in your iPhoto library. I have 10,000 or so pictures there. And like the other day, I was looking for a picture of uh, our car so that I could show somebody. And... I just typed in car, and it showed me all the pictures that I have for a car, which made it much more, much easier for me to actually find the picture rather than scrolling for through 10 or 15 years' worth of pictures. And this app must have some kind of artificial intelligence because yes. you didn't have to put in any no. identifiers for each photograph or keywords or anything. If you're using a word like car, it just already knows what a car is and finds it. Right, and I did the same thing uh, because we've been doing a fair amount of birding while we're here. We went to the Space Coast Birding Festival. Whoa, that sounds way too technical. Anyway, I typed in bird, and it showed me all the pictures that I have of bird. Now, that's interesting. I wonder if I type in ibis, if it would have... How smart it really is. Let's see. We'll type in ibis. See, see all the birds, though, uh-huh, on the, uh-huh. the pictures. That's of me. So that, that worked. Yeah. I-B-U-S? I-S. Oh, I-B-I-S. You also have to know how to spell these. I don't know that. That may not be true. Oh, that didn't work. No. Do heron. I, Do heron. Okay. Heron is more common. But H-E-R-O-N. Well, it came back with a different selection of birds, but... Are they herons? There's an eagle in there. <laughs> so, so I don't know. So consider it an assistive device, an assi- but not Well, perfect. but it got quite a few herons. I mean, there's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, this is an app that you might want to get if you're confused about the pictures that you have on your phone. It only works on the iPhone. If you offload your pictures someplace else, you will not be uh, using it. So we head off to February, and at the end of February... We're not going to be RVing again. Oh, no! <laughs> Back to the travel <laughs> RV didn't show. last long, did it? No. We will be off on a cruise... And we will be sailing from uh, Rio, Rio de, Janeiro. de Janeiro. And then a complete circumnavigation of the Amazon River, down and back. Uh-huh. And then we end up in Miami. So we don't have to fly back here. We're kind of tired of flying. Yes. So... Dear listener, listen for us uh, if you want to hear the complete report about the... Well, no, next month we will just be starting the cruise at this time. Right. We'll have lots more RV stuff to talk we, about. We might do a little towing between now and then, so we might have some things to add about yep. that exciting experience. I hope that about ends it up for this month. We will be talking to you in March uh, 2024. Stay we in hope. touch. Thanks for listening. And we may see you in a campground near us. If you're going to Jetty Park. Or if you're having your couch recovered or, or if you your come, windows re- re- or you're coming or, to the great outdoors yeah. to try it out yeah we've had as quite a, a number few of you have so thanks for ta- listening and we will talk to you next month bye for now.